Welcome to the Abbot Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. So today we're going to talk about running, man. We're going to run to win. Say, I want to win. I want to win. We're going to run to win. So when you run, you got to run with purpose. So this is the thing that I want us to walk away with today, is that each one of you has a call in your life. God did not just place you on this planet to just sit around and just be a somebody, or a nobody, or just a whoever, buddy. Just be around. You're not designed to just take up space. God actually fashioned every human being with purpose, whether they choose Christ or not. Inside of them, hidden inside of each one of us, is a destiny and a purpose, and you're fashioned for something specific. And God wants you to shake eternity with that gift with that purpose. He wants you to move on to eternity. He wants you to be influencing eternity. I want you to think about this, that God has really been, called you to be like someone who is inviting people into a hotel. And the call is that there'll be no vacancies. And your job's to invite them in and, and, and say, hey, look, there's some empty space in this hotel and it's a heavenly hotel. And you're called to bring people into that space. Here's the thing. God's going to fill up his hotel. The rewards come to those who are connected to the invites. That's where you get your reward. God shaped you with purpose to affect the residency of heaven. He did. He made you for that. He fashioned, designed you, and he placed inside of each one of us a call, an assignment. And it's beyond just I attend or I show up and I kind of am along for the ride. You're made for something. You're made to do something. You're made to run. You're made to run a race and you're made to win. God has empowered you to win that race. He not only gave you the call and the assignment, he's also given you the gifts and the empowerment from the Holy Spirit to carry it out into victory and to affect the residency of heaven. Man, let's, we need to get excited about this. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, here's what the Apostle Paul says. He says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training, but they do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. You and I, we have to see that we're running to win something. We're running to accomplish something. We are in this race, this Christian walk, to accomplish some great task for the Lord. But we're not designed to run aimlessly. You are not designed to run like my children run naturally. <laughs> I'm sorry. My kids, when they're born, they don't have this genetic trend of like knowing how to run properly. It doesn't happen. God bless them. If you see my kids run and they run like people should, that's because they worked hard at it. They're overcoming a lot of genetics to get there. Some of y'all just run naturally. But my kids run like newborn moose on the ice, okay? <laughs> it's fun to watch, but they're not getting anywhere fast. <laughs> it's so hard to be a child in my home. <laughs> but you know what? It doesn't matter how you start out running. It doesn't matter where you're at. If you have, you need a few elements, you need a few things in your life to bring you to success. And here's the thing, is success is not about where you start. It's not about your DNA. It isn't. It isn't about what someone hands you in life. It's about what you believe you're called to and your willingness to go get it. What are you gonna do to go get it? See, everyone who competes in the games, they go into strict training. Why would they go into strict training? Because they want to win. That's right, son. Good job. Verse 26. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly or like a tanner child. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. 
No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we're believing that you're gonna do something awesome inside of our hearts, our minds. Holy Spirit, we're just calling on heaven for you to come down and shift something in the way we think about us the way we see what you are doing in our life. God, we're asking for this heavenly call to crash into our life and shift everything. Change the way we see and how we believe we are fit to affect the residency of heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So when you understand, like the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, he understood he had an assignment. How did he, how did he know that? See, Paul was this terrorist who was traveling around just causing huge amounts of problems everywhere he went. And, and, and he was persecuting people. In fact, he got just specific documents from the synagogue so he could go around legally and abuse people that served Jesus. And this one day, he's traveling up to Dis Damascus, and an angel of the Lord comes down, and just in, he has a radical encounter with Paul. And Paul gets knocked over and blinded by the light from the Lord. And God says, Paul, you're a joker. What are you doing? That's in the Bible. Go read it. <laughs> I promise. You're going to read it. You go, oh, yeah, he said that. You are a joker. You are fighting against me. What are you thinking? I got something for you to do. I'm going to send you over to this guy's house, and then I'm going to send some dude over there to pray for you and just watch what's going to happen in your life. So Paul gets sent over to this house, and he's waiting, and then God comes to Ananias and speaks to Ananias and says, I need you to go over there and lay hands on this guy because he needs to see what I see. And I was like, I'm not doing that. That guy goes around and murders people. Are you sure, Lord? He kills people like me. Like, he probably has my name on his list. He's looking for me, and I'm just going to walk into his house. But like, just go there. I'm going to show you what this guy is going to suffer for me. I have an assignment for him, and his assignment is to go reach all the Gentiles for me. Ananias is a Jew, and that's blowing his mind. He's thinking, you like Gentiles? I don't think he even liked them. And you're going to send this guy who murders Jews and everybody else out to them? God, I don't understand what your plan is. Listen, you and I, we might not understand what God's plan is for every other human being out there, but God knows what he's doing. And you can't have a call that's to please me or to please the other leaders in the church or to make you fit in or feel like you're cool in the church and you got a cool position, right? You need an assignment from Jesus. You need an encounter with God himself who's gonna come in, he's gonna grab a hold of your heart and he's gonna like, Talk to it. <laughs> Little heart of mine, I have a purpose for you. <laughs> it's to change the world in Alaska. <laughs> he might give it a couple little squeezes for you. Couple kisses. Blow some Holy Ghost in there. Right? That's what it felt like to me. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Try living inside this thing. <laughs> God has, God wants to just smash into your plans and your life. He wants to knock you off your road of aimless running and walking like Paul into Damascus, and he wants to come in, and he wants to give you purpose. See, Ananias comes, and he lays hands on this guy that God said, I've got an assignment for, and God speaks to Paul. And he says, that the Bible says that scales fell from Paul's eyes. Do you know Paul, the way he saw before his encounter with the Lord was different than the way he saw after those scales fell off his eyes? Listen, God wants to encounter you in the same way, and he wants you to have these scales fall from your eyes and begin to see the way he wants you to see. Paul instantly shifts his behavior. He probably burned up that list of all the people, and he goes, hey, Ananias, good day for you. I'm burning up this list. He's all like, <laughs> Paul turns around, and he starts preaching right away. Everybody's like, whoa, hold on a second. This guy... 
was just like yesterday messing everybody up, and now he's preaching in the name of Jesus? What is going on? Assignment, guys. When God gets a hold of your heart, everything changes. It doesn't matter where you're headed right now. You could be headed in destruction. You could be headed, you might be an atheist and you're in this church today and you're like, I hate the church, blah, blah, blah. What, you open your heart up and God, you let God come into your life. He's going to jack you up. And all of a sudden, scales are going to fall from your eyes and your argument you had will now be a testimony for Christ and you'll be preaching the gospel. I have a personal friend, he was, a, he was an atheist and he was an evolution, he had a master's in evolution, and the Holy Spirit hammered this guy, he was one of my teachers in high school, he got hammered by the Holy Spirit and God gave him assignment. Now he's one of the most powerful creation, theology type teacher guys, he's amazing. That's probably you here today, you're probably here and God's just about to wreck your life. I'm excited about it too. So here's a cool thing that we need. If you want to win, you want to succeed, you want to win the race, you've got to have, you've got to have an assignment, right? You've got to have a call from the Lord, this encounter with him, and you need this. You need like verse 26, it says, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly, or in the New Living, it says, I run with purpose in every step, and I'm not just shadow boxing. You, you know, when, when you just watch somebody who's just kind of jogging for no reason. I mean, have you ever seen somebody It seems like they're running for no reason? Nobody? Some of you? They're just kind of like, whatever, going wherever. And then when you watch someone who is clearly training. So we're at the, at the football game, and there's this bionic woman at the football game running laps around. I'm like, that girl's probably going to the Olympics. I don't know who can run that fast. I mean, she was hauling. And she's all ripped, and she's like, doo, 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 doo. I mean, focused. This girl was training for something, right? There's a difference than somebody who's just kind of lollygagging, and then somebody who knows why they're running. Do you know why you're running? Why are you serving the Lord? Do you have a purpose? Well, when you have a purpose, every step now has purpose. In fact, these pro athletes, especially sprinters and everybody who gets things down to this really, really just like perfection of what they're going to execute when they go run. I mean, they focus on every single little detail, what every muscle is doing, the angles of all their, you know, running patterns. And they're like, they don't even flex their muscles in their face. They're so focused. Have you ever seen anybody run in slow motion that's like a pro runner? You're like, ooh, don't take a snapshot of that. <laughs> They're like, oh, I got to save energy from my cheek muscles. I mean, does that really help? I mean, they're doing everything they can do, whatever. But that's what you do when you're focused. When you know what you want, when you know what you're called to, you run with purpose, you work with purpose, you lead with purpose, you pray with purpose, you attend church with purpose. You're here for a purpose. You worship with purpose. You know when you have purpose, you have passion, there's a fire in your eyes? You worship, you, when you have purpose, you worship different. When you have purpose, you read your Bible different. Because you're not reading to measure up, you're reading to get somewhere, to feed someone, to, to influence the residency of heaven. Because that's your assignment. Philippians 3.13 says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what's ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race, reach the end of the race, to receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. You know you're called to reach the end? You know when the end of your race is? When you die. What a victory. You're like, it's not the same as like, for us, we think, you know, bum, bum, dun, dun, dun. we break the banner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how I always do. I've never broken one of those because I'm always in the back, but I've always wanted to just. <laughs> the way I think is in slow motion all the time, by the way. When you, when you and I, we, when we get into eternity, now 
it doesn't feel that victorious because we're like slowly grinding to death or instant sudden death, you know? It's terrible. It's right? Well, Merry Christmas, happy birthday. That's the most encouraging message you've ever heard, right? But the second you actually leave this earthly shell and you're translated to heaven, that's when the party starts. That's when you're like, that's where the real victory is. That's when you get the prize. You don't get off the track until you die and you go to heaven and you get your glorified body and all your rewards and all that stuff. Between now and then, you're on the, you're on the track. You, you, don't, you don't end your race when you turn 65, folks. And guess what? They keep moving Social Security back anyway, so listen, you can't stop. <laughs> They're stealing from you, by the way, if you didn't notice. Okay, that's called theft. Just saying. Okay. All right. Just get me talking politics, and it's really going to get messy in here. Be all like, I can't believe he has opinions about politics. <laughs> they take my money, too. All right. So here's what you've got to do. You have focus, right? And you have to know where the end game is. Where is the end of your race? Where's the end of your run? It's when you die. You don't get to check out early. Some of y'all think you're done when you just get old. Do you know old is a mindset? It's not an age. It's a mindset. Some of y'all are young and you're like 70. Some of y'all are old and you're 40. Stop it. Listen, you don't get it just, if you're sitting on the track, you, okay, so you stop working in the kingdom. Oh, I forgot what my assignment was, or I didn't have one, and I got bored and tired, and so I sat down on the track. You don't get to get off the track. I don't care how old you are. You're 90, you're still on the track. Keep moving. Because otherwise you're getting in my way. Go. Just do something. I don't, just do one step, a baby step, anything. Pray. Sow money. Hold a door. Welcome someone. Be friendly. Tell somebody about Jesus. Serve someone in the name of Jesus. There's limitless things you can do. But how much better is it that we have an assignment and every step is with purpose? Because it isn't a matter, it isn't a matter of how tired you are. It's about how effective you are. It's not a matter of how strong your body is, how smart you are. It's about how effective you are in your assignment. But you have to know what your assignment is. Then you have to make every step count. Every movement has to be with purpose so you can win. Because you get the reward when you did what Jesus told you to do, not what I told you to do. Right? You get the reward when you do your assignment. Not the assignment I give you, unless the assignment I give you is the one that he gave you. But you're the only one that's going to know that, not me. Because I can hand out lots of work. <laughs> Verse 27, he says, No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave. I like this kind of talk. I make my body my slave. Body, you're my slave. New Living says it like this. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. So when you have an assignment from God, now you have a purpose and a direction, and you have a pace, and your body needs to get in shape, your spirit man needs to get in shape, your soul needs to get in shape to accomplish that goal. Accomplish, do you hear that? Accomplish it. <laughs> I don't even know where that comes from. I grew up in Nikiski. I don't, I don't think they talk like that there. Discipline your body to make it do what it should. We put it in gear. We get it in shape. We start moving. It's work. It's effort. It's focus. Keep moving. But you got to know where you're going. You got to have focus. Hebrews 12:1 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge, huge, I'm telling you, you're going to be a huge crowd of witnesses <laughs> through the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. So there's sin, 
And we were talking in Philippians, he was saying about the stuff that's in your past, right? We forget what's behind you, look forward to what's in front. You know, when you and I, when we start getting lost and forgetting who we are, we're looking back and we just run into stuff. We start walking aimlessly. When we look back at the things we did, the ways we made mistakes, how we didn't measure up, well, the time we wasted, forget about all that stuff in the past. Or we look at our victories and successes and we go, boy, wasn't I amazing 20 years ago. <laughs> You're not looking so amazing today. <laughs> I, I mean, sometimes we just, you know, High school championship. I was a high school champion. Dude, you know you're 50? <laughs> That's a long time ago, man. Stop talking about that. There's something for you to do tomorrow. You're still in the same place on the track. You got that trophy, man. What about the 100 more God wants to give you? There's more to do. Right? There's just more to do. God's called us to something grand. And it's together. And it's forward. It's not back. Sometimes the enemy wants to just trip us up with our sin, with what we've done, looking in the past. And he wants to anchor you down and say, no, God wouldn't want to use you. You're too dirty and unclean and stupid. The devil talks to you that way. Do you know that? The devil talks to me like that. But God says, look, I made you glorious and, and, and amazing, and there's something incredible inside you that I shaped, and I want to empower, and I want to give you the assignment. You and I, to find this assignment, we need to get alone, and we need to begin to pray. We need to seek the Lord, and we need to find an encounter with him where we begin to have confidence about what he assigned us to. Then we start to train. Okay, well, God's called you to preach the word. It's time to read your word. It's time to start reading. It's time to get a mentor, somebody who knows what they're doing, somebody who can help you. God's called you to prayer, man. You get with somebody to teach you how to pray. You gotta start doing it. You just gotta start moving. And you can't just put it in your head and learn it because there's learned knowledge, then there's activity knowledge. Activity knowledge is where you really learn. You put it in your head, then you apply it. So all oh, the Bible says I should pray, and I need to learn how to pray in tongues, and you need to pray like this and that, and you're like, I don't know how to do that. Well, if you just keep it in your head and you don't actually put activity to it, you're not going to really know. Learn, activate, learn, activate, learn, activate. Prophecy, learn, activate, learn, activate. Preach. You're like, I don't have a pulpit to preach. You don't need a pulpit. A pulpit isn't even a thing. This is a stage. That's an iPad. <laughs> a pulpit isn't, in a, isn't even in the Bible. It doesn't exist. It's a stupid thing we made up and talk about. There's no pulpit ministry. There's preaching the gospel. That happens anywhere you want. So weird. I didn't grow up in the church, so I can talk like this. So here's a real life example of where we're at today. I just make up excuses why I can talk the way I want. Is we have missionaries here from Peru that really were, they are born and bred, died in the wool, Abbott Loopers trained up here, and it's Walt Mary Lynn. Will you raise your hand, folks? There they are. Yep. They're back visiting. There's something really important that they're doing, and we're going to do it today, and we all get to be a part of it. It's super exciting. But Walt, Mary Lynn Wood are an amazing example of how do, you, how do you get an assignment and be faithful and run the race and then not stop? Because you know what? A lot of times when we get a call from the Lord, we have an opportunity to do a lot of things. But there's one thing that successful people do not do, and it's make excuses. If you look at this, successful people across the board, whether they're Christians or not, they take responsibility. They just do. And they don't make excuses. They make a difference. They do. They act. They move. Right? Walt, Mary, Lynn Wood are examples of phenomenal leaders. Their early life, I'm going to give you a little glimpse in the early life at Abbott Loop. Here's Mary Lynn. When she, if you see her down in this corner, I know it's kind of small. But you can see those mostly all glasses right there, okay? Glasses and hair. It's really a circular kind of look that was really popular back then, in the 70s. And, and then here's, here's Walt when he was an engineer. Look at that shaved, handsome-looking man in red tie, right? There he is. Come on, Walter. And so he was an engineer. Mary Lynn was a teacher and also a uh, secretary here at the school, in the Christian school. And just super faithful folks. They worked in with all the, the young adults and single ministries here at Avaloop. And there's hundreds and hundreds of people in that ministry at the time. 
And um, then they found each other and did this to themselves. <laughs> it's so easy and fun. I just love it. So obviously this was in the 90s. Come on. Scoping those pearls out. Those are 90s right there, girl. Love it. Love it. Fantastic people, found each other at Abbott Loop, got married. At the, at around through all this time when they were here, they got filled in the Holy Spirit, trained, discipled. They taught in the school. They got baptized in, in water here at Abbott Loop and, and just kept growing and growing. But something crazy happened after they got married um, is they went on this vacation to Peru. And I, I'm still trying to figure out who goes on vacation into the mountains of Peru. Sounds more like a mission trip than a vacation to me which is like why this is in their DNA probably, right? Because I go to Hawaii when I go to vacation, right? I, I don't know. You guys are weird, but I love you. So here's the thing is they go down here and they find all these amazing human beings that love Jesus. And what they needed was training and teaching. And God, God then shook something inside of them. This is their they're like road to Damascus experience in a sense of where they got a specific assignment from the Lord. I've called you, like Paul to the Gentiles, I've called you to the Peruvian people and I need you to go. <laughs> They're like, oh my gosh, what does this mean? Oh, Mary Lynn has told me multiple times, she's like, I don't know what we were doing, that was freaking me out. And, but, it was, but it was clearly God's will for them. And so what happens is, is you have to get an assignment and a call, but then something happens in your life is after you get that, you have to make a decision, right? You have to decide, we're gonna do this. So five people standing on a bridge, one of them decides to jump. How many are left on the bridge? Five. Boom. Smarty pants over there. Because they only decided they didn't actually jump. Eh. Trick question. Trick riddles. The riddles are flowing today. All right. Pearls of wisdom just rolling out. So you decide important. But the next thing is you actually have to leap. you got to take a step. Like Peter in the boat, he's a disciple out there rowing out in the wind and the waves, and Jesus comes out, and they're freaking out, and he's like, it's just me. He goes, man, if it's you. Peter goes, if it's you, tell me to step out on the, on the water. Jesus says, come. And if Peter stayed in the boat, he would have never realized that, I mean, he would have missed out on an amazing miracle, right? And that shifted something in his life. You walk on water with Jesus, that changes things. He, I, I believe that was one of the moments where he solidified, Jesus, you're the Son of God. And he steps out and he walks on the water with Jesus. Wild. At some point, you have to jump out of your boat. If God is saying, if Jesus is saying, come, I've got an assignment for you, you decide, I'm going to do it, and then you've got to step out. You've got to go for it. You're going to have to take that leap. You're going to have to do it. Walt and Mary Lynn, they jump out of their boat. They sell all their stuff, amazing amount of stuff, except for the stuff that they have rat hold in my basement, okay? They do have some stuff left in my basement. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a small amount of stuff that's left over. Her bicycle, right? She drives a unicycle. You should watch her do it. No, it's not true. It's a lie. That'd be fun to see, though. So here they go. They lay hands on Mary Lynn and Walt. And uh, this is in the late 90s, 1998, basically, right? And praying and just believing God. There's Pastor Rick. Look at that handsome man right there in the center. Here he is. Is that you, Dolores? Are you in there too? There you are, girl. I see you. I see that hand. And so we just laying hands on these guys, and they just leap, and they go, and then they end up out in Peru. Here's another photo. There they are. Happy, happy, happy. That's probably an adventurous moment in their life, kind of freaked out, kind of scared, but then what happens in your ministry walk is that now you've got to grind it out, okay? So you get an assignment, you get a call, and then you have to like make a decision, then you have to leap, you've got to go for it. And then you've got to grind. Pastor Dick, he's in the back, he's the apostle of our church, he founded our church, he always says, ministry is spelled W-O-R-K. It just doesn't get any different. God gives you an assignment, but you can't grind out your assignment and work your assignment and go through all the hard times, the sacrifices. Look what these guys are doing. You see them, they're building relationships with people, loving the people of Peru, and they're just traveling around, just meeting with people, spending time with them, teaching them how to read the word, teaching them English, washing their clothes, right? Mary Lynn specifically washes her clothes on Walt Wood's abs because they're so ripped. <laughs> 
He's shredded for a dude who's almost 70, man. This guy is yoked. But then what these guys did is they had this vision to, to impact the leaders in, their, in, the, in the proving area. And so uh, what they did is they took this Bible school from, uh, really, they got the guy, Baron Gilfill, and got the idea from Pastor Dick and the early leaders from Abbott Loop. And they, he created a video-driven Bible school, and they translated it into many different languages, most of the languages and the, the main languages in the world right now, and uh, ready to train up leaders. And so they had the vision to translate this, this Bible school from Spanish into the Quechua language so all, three million people could get Bible training. Leaders, healthy leaders could be trained. Dick Benjamin's in there, Jack Hayford, Joyce Meyer, all kinds of, some of the best leaders around the entire world are in this Bible training school, and they train up people all over the world. And these guys worked with a team. Some of the guys here that, are on the, that were on the team to translate the Bible are here today. And they translated this, and now they've they started almost 80 schools and had over 800 people in their school, right? Not, that's not all the ones that have graduated, but they're still planting schools, training up leaders that understand, oh, I got to raise up churches that plant churches and lead people to Christ and build healthy churches. This is a powerful thing, guys, right? But that's a grind. None of that was easy. It always looks easy when you look at the snapshots, doesn't it? But if you want to accomplish the assignment in your life, you have got to feel so called by the Lord that you're willing to leap. You're willing to grind out that ministry and make it happen no matter what because you're going to work all the way till you punch your ticket in heaven and you take up residency, right? And that's when we play golf. One of the things they also did that was really smart that you also are on assignment to do in your call is to mentor the next generation of leaders coming up past you. If you are called to assigned to something, you're called to pass it off. Everybody is. So one of the things they did is they raised up two guys. There's other people in their ministry, but two main leaders, Eber and Eberson. You can go to the next one. And apparently they're training and mentoring them. And they really are like the Abbott Loop DNA because they pretty much only mentor people with the same name. And it, they come by it honestly, Richard Benjamin, Richard Benjamin, Rick Struts, Richard Irwin, Richard, 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 Josh, okay? <laughs> Some point, you guys are going to break it, okay? Go at least two, three generations and then switch it up. And like Eber, Eber, saying Eber, 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 and then like a Bob or somebody, okay? <laughs> so here they are. These guys are really dynamic leaders. And they are running all the Bible school stuff now. And so all the training and the planting of the Bible schools and the expansion of those Bible schools and the leaders and supporting those leaders and the graduates, they're handling all that ministry now. And Walt and Mary Lynn Wood are kind of going to the next thing. So if you're, gonna, if you're going to really be successful in your call, it can't be about you. It has to be about your assignment. And you're always called to pass your assignment off to someone else. That means you have to empower them. It's about the goal, not your role. On. It's about the goal, not your role. Yeah, you have a role, but the goal is the ultimate end. And you're called to sow into that and to leave your legacy by empowering someone else so it can never be about you. Egocentric ministry is dying in the kingdom. God is not allowing it anymore. He's going to actually move his hand against it. It's just not going to work. And so these guys really understand this apostolic type thinking because they're raised up in it. And, and so they've been passing this ministry off and empowering it. To these, to these younger guys that are from the area. You know the ministry is going to multiply, it's going to explode because these guys are leading it now? Because that's really the call. We, we get these guys up. I mean, how many missionaries around the world would love to have accomplished what we have done at Abbott Loop through really the direct focus of Walt Maryland's sacrifice out there in Peru? It's really amazing. So they're empowering these young guys. What we're going to do today is we're going to lay hands on these guys. Elders and leaders are going to come up. Pastor Dick, I'm going to want you to come here in just a minute. Um, and we're going to pray a blessing over these guys as they tr really officially transfer this ministry over to their hands. Walt, Marilyn, Wood are going to move more into an apostolic type oversight of the ministry. It's going to allow them to do some other, some new things. While they're, these guys are there just making the ministry grow. Amen? Isn't that exciting? So what I want to do now is I want to give uh, Eberson a opportunity not Eber, okay, don't get him confused here, Eberson, all right? Not Richard Rich or Rich Richard, 
but it's Eberson, okay? We're going to give an opportunity to share his heart and his vision for where God's leading their ministry in the future. Uh, so we just give a hand for Pastor Eberson here as he comes up and shares. Buenos días con todos. Good morning to everybody. Estoy en Alaska. Here I am in Alaska. Dios me trajo por un viaje de 13 horas para acá. It was it took me 13 hours to get here and I'm glad to be here. Y gracias a Dios me mi amigo Ever, el compañero de trabajo. And uh, I thank the Lord that my um, my uh, uh, my co-worker in the in the in the work has come along with me, uh, my brother Eber. Y mi mentor espiritual, uh, Walter y Marilyn. And also my spiritual mentors, Walt and Mary Lynn. Que salió de acá. They were born and raised spiritually right here. Que Dios tocó su corazón para mi pueblo. Pensó en mi pueblo. The Lord was always speak, thinking of my people and the Lord touched their hearts to take them there, to minister to them. Gracias a esta iglesia por ser entrenadores misioneros. I'm thankful to the Lord for this church that has raised up many missionaries. Que se arriesgan esa vida de servir a Dios en otra cultura. And have inspired them to serve the Lord in other cultures. Ellos transmitieron... Ellos transmitieron en nosotros grandes, grandes servicios, entrenamiento, un proceso de muchos años. And the woods passed on to us many tools to be able to grow in the Lord and to spread those out to other people. Gracias a cada uno de ustedes quienes conocen este ministerio por su oración y estamos en pie. And we're so thankful to you all who pray for our ministry and inspire us in so many different ways. Como equipo, nuestro labor es servir a Dios. Somos unos servidores de Dios. As a team, our job is to serve the Lord and to do His will. Uh, mi pueblo necesita mucho de la palabra de Dios. My people are hungry for the word of God. Tiene hambre de la palabra de Dios. And they need the word of God. Ustedes han visto esas fotos. Son hermanos humildes. No hay nadie quien les predique. And you've seen the pictures here. They are humble people who need God. Eso ha sido su corazón de ellos también llegar a unos pueblos que necesitan la palabra. And that was something that was birthed in Walter Mary Lynn's heart to go there and to serve them and to teach them. Nosotros también tenemos el mismo corazón, la meta que ellos trazaron, seguimos la misma la misma meta. And we've received that same heart to go out and to reach those who are so hungry for the Lord. La misma misión, la misma visión. The, the same vision, the same mission. Y nosotros estamos muy agradecidos. Hemos venido a estrechar la mano con ustedes y trabajar unidos como un solo cuerpo de Cristo. And we're so thankful that we can come here and join hands with you all and keep moving forward. Si usted quiere alzar su mano, podemos estrechar la mano como un solo cuerpo de Cristo para trabajar unidos donde estemos. And, and as a unified body of Christ, we want to stretch out our hand to you and thank you and encourage you. Esta unidad nos hará más fuertes. No estaremos solos de tampoco ustedes. And it's so good for us to know that we are not alone when we're so far out in the middle of nowhere. Hay tres millones de quechua hablantes en mi comunidad que falta llegar para la palabra de Dios. There are three million of my people who are hungry for God. Dios llamó a Isaías y dijo, ¿Quién irá por mí? When God called Isaiah, he said, who will go for us? Isaiah dijo, aquí, Señor. And Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, send me. And I know that in your heart, you may be hearing this as well. Decir, aquí, Señor. Can you say, here I am, Lord, send me? Tu corazón abre para el Señor. Please open your heart to the Lord. Ustedes tienen un pastor dinámico. You have a dynamic pastor here. <laughs> Thank you very much. Gracias, hermanos. Awesome. Praise God. Thank you. Stay right here. Isn't that exciting? Come on.
You guys are changing the world. You guys, we're, we're in this together. This isn't just something Walt and Mary Lynn are doing. We're doing this together, and we're partnering with them. Some of you might be thinking about how do I get involved here. I'm just going to, they didn't ask me to do this, but uh, it, it, you guys can get connected to them through our website and then give directly to their ministry. If you feel moved to sow into Peru and to see these leaders, like, move the gospel around the world, it's a simple way. You pray and you give. You never give without praying. Can I just tell you this is pastor teaching time? If you're going to sow your money in, you sow your faith in, because that's what it's really about. Like, Lord, I'm going to see your kingdom move. I'm going to watch this guy go around, train up leaders. And I hear this guy, he's, he's being really reserved for you right now, because I hear when he's out in Peru, he's, he's pretty dynamic himself. Amen? These are really high-quality leaders that we're sowing into, and generation after generation, people hear the gospel up there, okay? So don't forget to give. Don't forget to sow and put your prayer in there. Uh, Apostle Dick, will you come? Pastors Rick and Dolores, will you both come, please? Elders uh, and leaders that, that we've asked to come here and pray, will you come up? And then Ebert, Eberson, you guys come up here. You guys can stand right here. We're going to pray over these guys, and we're going to pray a blessing over uh, their uh, ministry and ask God, as a transition, Walt Maryland, of course. Come on, guys. Come on. Why don't you have Everson stand right here? What's that? Oh, newsletters. If you guys love newsletters, Maryland has a ginormous stack for you. <laughs> you can find out all about their ministry. We're going to start with uh, Apostle Dick Benjamin to pray, and then uh, Pastors Rick and Dolores, if you guys would pray next. I know I didn't prep you, but you guys know how to pray. You guys are amazing. So. Um, <laughs> And then I'm going to pray a blessing on these guys, and so is Walt Mary Lynn Wood. So uh, this is a big deal. It's a big deal to pass a ministry on to other leaders and to really entrust them with what you've, you've labored. This 17 years of their life, 20 really, of all the work since they started. And uh, it means a lot. It means a lot to them. So let's really keep our faith engaged as we pray. Apostle Dick Benjamin, we pray. Amen. I met, I met these two men yesterday. We had lunch together. So to know them more, so and I'm pleased to be here with them today. Father, I look to you. Thank you for two of your sons working together with Walt and Marilyn, far-reached place way down in Peru. I sense the genuineness in their deportment and the way they carry themselves, the way they speak. And to think that, as we have said many times, no success without a successor that these two men are among probably, in all probability, many successors to what Walt and Marilyn have done down in the nation of Peru. So I pray for both of them. I, they both are married. Pray for their wives, their children, and the, and the ones that I know that do have children. And I pray for the extension of the ministry to many other people in that area down there. I know that uh, Eberson is as, as it were, an overseer and a pastor to pastors to many, many people down that part of the world. And I pray for the simple things that keep them in strength and in health. And Lord, also prepare for them in the realm of financial abilities that they may be cared for properly as you would have them to have the necessities of life. Keep them strong in you, I pray. And we're glad to be a part of them, and they, they are part of us today. And we love Walt and Marilyn very much, and we extend our love to these people who are their disciples. In the name of Christ the Lord, amen. amen. Pastor Rick and Dolores, can you guys just come stand up here with me? Let's have you guys just come up the front steps here. Buried way back in the, back in the trenches over there. I need you up here. All right. I want you guys to pray. So if you guys don't know, this is really the generations of leadership at Abbott Loop from its beginning. Pastor Dick, Pastor Rick. So remember, Richard, Richard. This is the way it goes. Josh. Okay. So Richard, <laughs> uh, Pastor Dick and his wife, Carol, Rick and Dolores, pastor of the church for 20 years. And then, uh, you know, the pastor Joni and I for really almost the last nine, 10 years. So it's important to me why the, the gener we have the generations of our church leadership all present, all working together. These are some of the most humble leaders I've ever been around, this generation leaders here. And it's very unique opportunities that we get to all pray together and just bless, really from our foundations, this, this ministry, right? So this, I, I really feel the Lord's asked me to do this specifically. So here we go. 
Father, this is a blessing. God, to see your kingdom extended is always a miraculous thing that we don't understand. We see with our hearts, we understand with our minds, but it still is just far beyond what we can um, just globally kind of perceive. God, I first pray for Mary Lynn and her mother's heart towards these two. Father, thank you for her faithfulness and praying for them and communicating with them and standing down in Peru with Walt, even though it was very hard at times and the communication gap. But Lord, I pray that you would use her as a mother still and continue, that you would let her have words of knowledge and words of wisdom into these boys' life, that God, as these men are working for you and, and they're discouraged, that she would know, just innately know in her heart to pray for them, that she would know when they're weary, when they're weak, when they're struggling, Father, and that she would go to her knees and know that you hear, you understand, and that you strengthen. And Father, I ask that that would be uh, something that you would put heavy on her heart, God, and that you would use her mightily, give her words of wisdom to speak to them, and just words of encouragement at times when they're um, struggling. And God, I pray for their wives. Lord, anyone, anyone that's in ministry, um, they have things that come against them and that stand against them. And I pray for supernatural protection over these wives and the children that are involved here. God, I pray that the women would be strong and courageous. Father, that your word would be rich and deep in their hearts and that they would speak wisdom and that they would speak honor of their husbands and that they would be such a vital part, whether they're together or whether the men are traveling, that you would use these women, Father, and that it would be um, even more of a cause that would grow your kingdom. Lord, thank you for these two men that you've brought to this place at this time. And God, I pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would just be so rich and so real. And God, that you would speak to them in the night hours when they're sleeping, that you would give them dreams and you would give them visions way beyond what they understand now. But God, would be something that would be birthed in their hearts, in their individual capacities that they serve in, even though they're very different. They mesh together so well. But God, that you would let them see things that are going to happen, even if they don't understand how that will ever take place or how they're going to arrive at it. But God, that that would just be something that would drive them and that would give them vision. And as it unfolds, Father, that the excitement and the knowledge that you're directing and leading would be so strong and so powerful that would lead them through even the hardest of times. Lord, thank you for them answering and saying yes. And thank you most of all about how faithful you are, how good you are to us, that you will supply every need, that no weapon that is formed against them will prosper, and that, God, your purposes will be fulfilled in Peru. Use them, God, in Jesus' name. Father in heaven, thank you that you have chosen us to be part of your purpose and the wonderful things you do in the world. And because of you, we know Walt and Mary Lynn. Thank you for knowing them. Because of you, we were able to send them out. Thank you for their faithfulness and their obedience and all their gifts and all that they've done. Now, because of you, we meet these two precious servants. Thank you for them and their humility and obedience to you. And Because of you, here we are now, part of this simple time, but we pray it'll be really important. Let this be a new season for Walt and Mary Lynn. Bless them so much. And for Eber and Eber's son, let this be a real milestone. Release grace to them and multiply gifts to them and let them look back on this day as the day you imparted all they need for what's ahead. Give them grace and courage to lead and even bring change according to your purpose. Thank you, God. Thank you that we can be a part of times like this and people like this. It's all because of you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Walt, Marilyn, will you guys pray too? We bless you guys. You guys are amazing. First of all, I just thank you, Lord, for the, the call you gave us. And that somehow, out of my selfish heart, I responded by saying yes, and we went into this. And that all these years later, we have no regrets. We've seen your hand through this through the years. We've been blessed to uh, be joined by these two young men, many others, but these two young men are like sons. We've been together for years. I've seen their hearts. I've seen how you've worked 
and placed gifts into them and how they work so well. I pray a blessing on these two young men. God, open your eyes to the, the goal you have for them at the end of the race for them many, many years from now. That they would run this race well. God, that they would just sense your passion and sense and see the needs you see in our corner of the Andes. Thank you for them both, Aberson and Aber. Bless them, Lord. We love them like sons. Amen. Amen. So, Father, just stretch your hands in your faith here, church. We're just going to bless them all together here. Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak blessing, favor, encouragement. God, let your hand go before them. God, I pray just, God, that everything they put their hands to will prosper. And, God, we just speak your anointing to increase in their life, the gift to preach and to administrate and to lead. God, and we're praying there will be a doubling and a multiplying, God, of this ministry. Leaders will be growing up and in, in droves of hundreds and hundreds and begin to lead thousands to Christ. Hundreds of churches will begin to be planted and, and a dynamic mission, God. And every person that speaks the Quechua language will have an opportunity to hear your voice, God, to hear your name. Jesus, you live, love, and you save in this generation and the next, God. Let you just, let just, just set this whole nation ablaze with your spirit, God because of this ministry and these men. We pray for healthy leaders to grow up in Jesus' name. Amen. God, and we're praying blessing over Walt and Mary Lynn Wood. Thank you for their leadership, their life, their love. Bless them in this transition. Pray that you rest them up as they've been working and laboring and grinding the ministry, God. We pray for restoration and health, vision for the future. Blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you all for coming up here and praying. You may go back to your seats, all you amazing humans. Thanks for being here. Thanks for worshiping. Will you stand with me? Church, everybody in the church. And I'm going to have the missionaries stay here. And uh, Walt Marilyn, why don't you guys stay up here and pray. But um, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, you're like, look at all this I could be a part of. It's so exciting. God called you by name. He knows you specifically. You close your eyes with me for just one moment. I'm going to close in prayers just before we worship here. And just ask God, Holy Spirit, will you just do something in my heart today? Will you just call my heart? Draw me to you, God. I want to know you. What do you want me to do? What's my assignment, God? Come on, just begin to ask him. Come on, we're not done. Just, God, what do you want me to do? What are you calling me into? Lord, I want to respond to your assignment. I want to do the work you've called me to. As I worship you now, God, I want to respond. To your, to your call in my life. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. Services in Anchorage, Alaska are at 9 and 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon.